This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Now, you don't have to go to the book of Ezra. I want you to go to Isaiah 62 because we're just going to, we're going to run right over that. I'm just going to say a few things about Ezra and we're going to move right into what we started on this morning so we can, we can get through with all of the new information. We already understand about Ezra. We understand who he is and what God was calling him to do. Calling him to restore worship back into Jerusalem and build the temple back up. At the same time, God was dealing with the prophet Nehemiah to go back and build the city, to build the walls back up. Everything was torn down. And you have to be ready, you have to be ready for anything that God has come for. Anything that God is going to ask you to do, you need to be ready beforehand, before time. If he's going to ask, you need to already be ready. You cannot get ready at the time that you're asked to do it. You have to already be ready. That's why God always gives preparation. That's why it's important not to miss your preparation. Because if you miss your preparation and then God call upon you for that, you're not going to be ready. You're going to put it off, or you're going to say, well, I can't do it because of this, or I can't do it because of that, or I'm not, I don't, I feel this way. God always gives a preparation period before He moves. He's just. He's like, I'm not going to throw you into anything. I'm going to prepare you, and then I'll tell you what to do. And see, we want Him to tell us what to do, and then just lead us right then let's just walk through it. No, he said, prepare yourself. And so that's what Ezra did. He prepared his heart. And God is dealing with this ministry and us as individuals in that same way. He said, it's time to prepare your heart. You've been doing a lot of different things and, oh, all the churchy stuff and hearing all the messages and excited about this and excited about that. But God said, but now in this dispensation, in this span of time, I'm dealing with you about your heart. I'm dealing with you in this mess in these messages about only what me and you know not what people know what no one else know about you that's what he's dealing with when he's talking about the heart he says you everybody everybody in here nobody's exempt got some things going on inside of them that nobody knows but them and God every one of us Every one of us. Now you can sit up there and you can act like, oh no, I'm just an open book. I'm transparent. Listen, you transparently lying. Because God is saying, God cannot lie. And He's saying, every one of us have things inside of us that only He and you know about. Thank God He's not showing anybody else. Hallelujah. You, we are, you know, right there. That would give you enough to run around the deal and say, well, thank you, God, for just not telling everybody what just me and you know. Amen. But those are the things that he's dealing with you about. Know when we're talking about a heart issue. Understand that those are the things that he's dealing with. He's not dealing with anything else. Don't think he's dealing with this thing that you've been just praying about and I've been struggling with it. Everybody know I'm struggling, but I'm coming out. That's not what he's dealing with. That's the issue that needs to be dealt with, but not with this message. This message is about what nobody sees. And nobody knows but you 
and him. And we're letting God deal with our heart because he said, this is the preparation period. I'm going to use this ministry. I'm going to use you all. And so because of that, I'm trying to prepare you by making sure your heart is clean and ready for when I'm causing you to be used. So don't hold on to it. Don't think God has missed it. Don't say that's not me. Don't try to look for somebody else. This message is a message where a mirror goes down on each side of you and in front of you. Inside of you. So when you look to say, I know they're talking about you. You look at over there, you're going to see you because the mirror is right there. He's not talking about anybody else but you. And I love that because... As long as he's talking to you, as long as he's correcting you, you know that you're in line to be used. Now, it's what you do with what he's talking to you about, whether you be used or not. Now, you know he's talking to you. Now, you could, you could reject the knowledge that he's giving you, and, or you could go back doing your same old thing you always done. You could do all of that, and he will allow it. But you'll never be able to say that he didn't give you that preparation period. Amen? And so we were going, we went over to Isaiah 62, and we started dealing with our subtitle of uh, this particular message. And this one, since this is our fifth lesson in this series, we were dealing with how to have a heart to restore the lost. And God is getting us to a place where He said, This is going to be an important move for His next move. It's important for us to understand how do I minister to the lost? So God dealt with us this morning and told us that a lot of different things. He told us that first of all, the people that we're going to have to deal with, that we must count the lost as valuable. We cannot get confused with loss and the value of people. Because, see, we, 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 get, we get mixed up with that. We think because people are lost, they have no value. But God said they're of great value. And we gave some illustrations about that. They're of great value. And God said, I want you to see them that way. I want, because, we, let me tell you, he's not telling us everything about his great next move. He's just preparing us. So, whatever it is, it has to do with all of this. So, grab it, hold on to it. Amen. Then he told us that, that the whole restoration or restoring the loss is going to begin with salvation. That a person cannot even begin the restoration period until they are saved. You must be saved. Now, if you're already saved and you got all the way away from God, well, you got to come back. You got to be back in right standing with God so that the restoration can begin. That's the first thing that must be done. And so we're like, okay, God, we uh, understand that. So salvation is the first thing. Back in right standing with the living God. From that point on, we don't need to stick our chest out when people get saved and say, okay, they got saved, thank God, and all I can know that they, all I know is they're saved, God said no. Because if they did and they've never gone on from that, I doubt if they stayed saved. Because you have to go on from salvation. You can't just stop there. It's too, you've been in the world too long. You've been in the world too long. Because, see, we have this mindset, just say that you believe on, you know, we just, just say John 9. You know, just let's just say the sinner's prayer. And after that, you say, that's good, that's good. That's not how you get saved. And see, and we, we take that and people do that and we say they are saved. Uh, do they live the lifestyle of a saved person? Because just saying it doesn't make it so. 
Because he said, you got to believe with your heart. If you believe with your heart, that's going to be different actions than what you used to live. Now, if you're still doing the same old thing, living the same old way, or even worse, and saying you're a Christian, well, that might work for everybody else, and everybody else might say, yeah, you, I know you, I know they born again, and I know they love the Lord. But God said, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandment. That's going to be an outward witness that you are born again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You make yourself feel good and you act like people are saved that are not. That's judging. No, I'm judging by the word. I'm always going to judge by the word. What the word said. He said how you will know them. So I'm not doing it just because you said, yeah, I know when I know they saved. How do you know that? They out there, but they saved up. That's a dangerous spot to be. And then something happens, and, and you know, this is big at funerals. I'm, we hate to say it, but it's true. It's big at funerals. Everybody that dies go to heaven. You know, everybody, everybody that dies, everybody's rest in heaven. Everybody's going to heaven. Now, and all the sermons is about, oh, they with Jesus, and they with Jesus. Why? Because you just say, oh, because well, I just know they are. You just, you just know they are. I had a dream. Oh, God, please don't tell me about a dream. No, no. That doesn't constitute salvation. That doesn't constitute salvation. I want you to know that. So that's why it's so important that we restore and we get the loss. Because we don't want, and we especially don't want our loved ones to be lost. Amen? Then we said to minister to, I think this is where we left off, I, I think. Did, did we say ministering to the lost requires a proper heart condition? I think that's what we had just started. I said I gave the illustration about Zacchaeus and and how God. Okay, so now we're going to go on into the in information, new information. Now in Isaiah 62, and all of you should be pre-marked there. We've learned in earlier last year, and we've been teaching on that that this particular uh, ver- uh, chapter and verse that we're teaching out of is a sermon that God gave uh, uh, Isaiah. And I, it was the sermon that he was preaching, and, and the Lord gave it to him, and he began to minister to the children of Israel. And in this particular sermon, Isaiah 62, Isaiah is letting the children of Israel know that Jerusalem, first of all, would be restored. See, God, God's been giving messages forever. So he was letting them know that they were going to be restored, that God was keeping his promise. God always keeps his promise. And he was also letting them know that in order for the restoration of Jerusalem to take place, that there was going to have to be some work that needed to be done, that they, some work that they had to do, just like God is telling us now. In order for things to be changed, there's some work we have to do. There's some hard, unseen work that we have to do. And he was letting them know that because the restoration of Jerusalem was not only about the walls and the gates and the, and, and the city was torn down and that was one portion of it. And you know, it, it, only, it was also about the people. The people had lost their way. See, you gotta understand it just wasn't about that. It was about the people being able to return to the city because in that time, in the, in the Old Testament, listen to me closely, because I did a lot of research on this and, 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 and I think it's all of it's worth, worth, um, you understanding it where you can see it with more clarity. You got your 2020 vision so you can see this. So in the, in the Old Testament, Jerusalem was a city 
was called the city of promise. The city of promise. And the restoration of Jerusalem, so with the restoration going on, it was still called the city of promise. Listen to me. So again, it's, so it wasn't just so much about just building it up and building the walls and building the doors and getting everything back that. It was the fact that that city was called the city of promise. And so God wanted to bring the people back into the promise. Follow me. Now, people living in Jerusalem, you got to understand this, was rep- representation of people living within the promise of God. Because that was the city. And if you lived in, in Jerusalem and it was called the city of promise, the people within it, that was rep- representation that we are in God's promise. Follow me. And that, a remnant of that still stands today, you know. It still stands today. That's why it's such great fight and struggle over there, over Jerusalem. Listen, it's great. Every time you see all of that in the deal, all of that struggle is over Jerusalem. Why? Because there is a belief that Jerusalem is the city of the promise. They know that. It is the city of the promise. Now, the misunderstanding that they have about the promise is that they think the promise is a piece of land or a piece of ground. And it never was that. But that's what they think, and that's what all the fighting is about. Actually, the promise is a relationship that God desired to have with his people. But they don't see that, because you know why they don't see it, right? You know why? Because they're in the dispensation where blinders are over their eyes, and they can't see it. And so they think it's a piece of ground. And so they're fighting for Jerusalem, and that's all you see. All every time you see over in those nations, it's just struggles going on. If they're not throwing rocks, they're doing something. It's always something going on. But it's all because of the it being the place of the promise. Are you with me? But but the promise is a relationship that God desired to have with His people, and He needed a place to have that relationship. So that's how Jerusalem was built. So he said, I want to have that place, so let's build a city and we're going to call it the promise. Because the, the, the place of the promise, because that's where I'm going to meet with my people and have a relationship with them. Are you following? Just giving you a little history of it so you can know how, we, how we're going. And so in that, so he established a nation and from that nation he built a city and where, and where it could stand at, again, it will be representing a relationship that the Holy God wanted to have with His people. Very important to what we're teaching. Don't get bored with the, with what, with the history of it because that gives you your foundation. So when you try to relate this message to someone else, you can tell them why. So understand this. Jerusalem is only important because it represents a promise from God. And God not only wanted to restore the city, but he wanted to restore the people. And now we live in a new dispensation where God is not restoring us to a city, but he's restoring us to a relationship with him. And he's putting us, and how did he do that? He put us all in a body. 
Oh, y'all missed that. See, we're in a new dispensation. That was the dispensation of their time. And that was the Jerusalem that they built up for that. That God made them a nation. And then he gave them a city that they can dwell in. And they said that that's going to be the city of the promise. And that, But for us in our dispensation, God said, now I've made you a holy nation. And now I'm setting you into a body. Are you following me? Uh, so what's going on there, there was a con- disconnection between God's promise and God's people. See, when there's a disconnection, there's a problem. There's a disconnection there between God's promise and God's people. That was a place that he had provided and the people he had provided for, but those people were not in that place. It's the same today. There are promises that God has made to us. There are promises God has made to the lost. We cashed in on it. All of us that believed. There's promises that God has made to the hurting. There's promises God has made to the depressed, to the oppressed. He's made promises. It's all in here. He's made those promises. But you've got to get them. There's promises that he's made to the overeducated that despise the action or the appreciation of a higher calling. Don't believe, you know, no, you know, I'm just way too wise to believe in that, that there is a God. There's a promise he made for them, too. There's promises he's made to those that have addictions. See, he's made us promises and put us in a body. Just like he made promises to them, and he made them a nation, and he built a city, and it was called Jerusalem. That's where the problem, That's where they wanted to be. Listen, there are people that he wanted to have the promise. They wanted to have the promise, and 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 right now there, there's a disconnection, though. They want the promise, but there's a disconnection between God's promise and his people. Why? Because, you know, because they can't see Jesus. There's a disconnection. So they just fight over a piece of ground. Because they missed it because they, they got the, the, the shells over their eyes. They got the blinders. So we just fight. And and this is the disconnection with the with with the church. Now with us, God has brought us together, and God has given us promises and different things. Even because remember what we're talking about, restoring the laws. But now we, as a people, the church have decided that we are His people by ourselves, but we're not. There's other people, but for us, we think it's just us. Once you, you got to come in here and that's it. But God said, no, I have another. The ones I want you to go after. But the church as a whole is thinking, it's just us. We're God's people. You know, so we, we, we you know, we put our nose up at the Muslims and all the, all, all the ones that's just all over there. And they, oh, hey, hey into Buddhism and they into this and they into that. And so we, because we're the only ones in. But no, we're not. We're not the only people. And so the old covenant in Isaiah, they're looking at the work they had to do to restore Jerusalem. 
God said that. So it's another one. And they, I'm telling you, God, God was saying this one. There's another one. It's not just all about you. Know that. And so they wanted to look at the work that they had to do to restore Jerusalem. And we need to look at the work we have to do to restore the loss. We got to work. We're in another dispensation. Said all of that to say that. That we have, we're not in that dispensation. We're in another dispensation, but we have to do something. Now, are you in, in Isaiah, what did I say? 62, beginning at verse 8. It says, The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by the arm of his strength, Surely I will no more give thy corn to be meat for thine enemies, and the sons of the strangers shall not drink thy wine. For the which, for the which thou hast labored. But they that have gathered it shall eat it and praise the Lord. And they that have brought it together shall drink it in the courts of my holiness. Now in other words, you're not gonna stay in this position where you will lose, that you're gonna lose everything that you work for. He's telling us that now. Then he tells us what you have to do in verse 10. He says, go through. Go through the gates, prepare ye the way of the people, cast up, cast up the highway, gather out the stones, lift up a standard for the people. Now, in that that I just read, there's four instructions. Write them down. In this, in verse 10, there's four instructions. The first instruction was to go through. The second instruction was to cast up. The third instruction was to gather out. And the fourth was to lift up. I'll say them again. Four instructions that he gave us in that. He says, go through, cast up, gather out, and lift up. He said, go through. What is he saying to go through? He said, go through the gates. Cast up the highway, gather out the stones, lift up a standard for the people. Church, if we're going to have a heart for the lost, our first point, if we're going to have a, a heart for the lost, we got number one, we must be prepared to go through the gates. Now, we have to understand about this gate in order to understand what he's saying. The gates in the Old Testament, the gates of the city, it was a meeting place. I looked this up and if you, if you, if you go over there today, the old, if you go over to the old city today and you go to the twelve gates, what you're going to see, you're going to find out that there's a gate there in the city, but everybody meets there. It's a meeting place. And, and what is God telling us? He's telling us, I want you to go through. But this is a meeting place. Even to this day, if we would do a tour over in Jerusalem and we go to where the gates are, you'll see everybody, they meet there. It's a meeting place. It's a gathering place. And during this time, talking about at the time that, that uh, back then... It was interesting. It was a meeting place in particular between who was, who was allowed into the city and who couldn't come into the city. 
See, several, some people were in the city and some people couldn't come into the city. Follow me on this. And oftentimes you would see people, this is why they would call it the meeting place, is because those that couldn't come into the city, they would set up their, their uh, way of making money and, and, and set up their little booths and everything right by the gate. Because that's the way, that's the way that they could make their money. Because the people that were in the city, they weren't willing to go way outside the city and go find anything. Because they were in the best place. So they would come close to the place and they'd set up all of their stuff around it, all of their commercialism right there at the gate. And then, then those that was in the city would come to the gate to buy and everything, but they wasn't going far. Are you following me? But what got me is that they weren't allowed to come in. Hmm. But it was a meeting place. Hold that thought. Hold it. And church, one of the things that we have to be prepared for is that we have to be prepared to get into the meeting place. See, we have to understand that everybody's not going to come in here and go through new members class and go through able ministers of the covenant class and then sit next to you and tell you their name. They're not going to do that and introduce themselves to you. That's, it's not going to happen that way. We have to be willing to go to the meeting place. we got to be willing to go to the place where everybody gathers together. Listen, to go through the gate means to leave a place of comfort and complacency. God said, I'm about to move you out. I'm getting you ready because what my, when my next move hit, you're going to have to be out of comfort, out of complacency. You're going to have to move toward the gates. Toward the gates, toward the gates. The meeting place. How many of you know you can get comfortable in church? <laughs> and do you also know that you can get comfortable with your life? God said it won't work. You know what? If you look at yourself from week to week, because I can look at myself from week to week, I can almost turn my car on and it can drive me myself. Because you do the, if you look at, just look at your life from week to week, we pretty much do the same thing and go to the same place. Church, home, church, home, cleaners, church, home, her church, church, home, back, home, church, cleaners, back. We usually just do the same thing. And you know what? We're so used to doing, we know what to expect. We know what to do because we're comfortable in it. We don't want nothing to mess up because that's our routine. We go to the same place all the time. We do the same thing. That's called being comfortable. It's comfortable. Now, in Joshua 1, there was about two and a half tribes that were uh, already in the promise. And they had to uh, uh, get, and they, they had to get out of there because it was a place of comfort for them. It was a place of comfort and complacency. So everybody, you know, they wanted, they, they were there. They're like, everybody can live in the promise. We got to just be right here. God said, this next move, you're going to have to come, you're going to come out of that. You're going to have to go through the gates. Now remember, I gave you the illustration. Back then, when you went outside the gate, that was where 
basically, basically you could just, let's put it this way, that's where the sinners and everything else was going on and all the foolishness, but inside they had their peace, they had everything going on. God is telling us the same thing. You got all your peace in these four walls. Comfort and complacency and we can minister to each other, but that's not going to be with God's next move. Not going to be there. You listen, the disciples was challenged to get out of a place of comfort and complacency. <laughs> they were getting so happy just being around Jesus. They were just hanging around Jesus. And so Jesus told them, you know what, you all are neglecting people. Because you're just happy to be around me. You're not caring for people because all you want to do is just hang around me. And here in Isaiah 62, he's telling them, go through the gates. In other words, it's not the lost responsibility to build a, a, a way home or find a way home. It's our responsibility to build a way for them. So we got to get outside the gates to get to do that. Remember, they're lost. They cannot find their way. They do not know how to build a way to get back. They are lost. God has said, but I am raising up a people that can build a way for them to get back. But what? before you can do that, you're going to have to go outside the gates. Mm. Go through the gates. That's a big challenge. You know why? Because... What we're saying is, I don't, I don't need anything out there. Everything I got, I got it. You know, we got it. Everything's good here. You know, everything is fine here. Everything I need is in the Bible. <laughs> but you still got to go through the gates. It doesn't matter. You still got to go through the gates. I don't care what you can get in the Bible. Yes, it's all there. But that God said, yeah. But you're going to have to get outside the gate with what you got out of the Bible. See, we want to have everything out of the Bible, but we want to stay in these walls with them. And God said, nope, you're going to have to go through the gates with everything that you're learning, everything that you have. you got to go through the gates. You have to be willing to get out of the place of comfort and complacency. In other words, you have to be willing to get outside of the walls of the church, literally and figuratively. Did you hear me? See, not only, you're going to have to actually get up and get out. Every, in every way, I have to get through the gates. i got to go through the gates. For some of us, I'm telling you, not even I... You know what, let's not even go so far outside this wall. For some of us, I just, I just want to get you off of the road you on in here. See, if I can't just get you off the road that you on here... I mean, some of you got a whole pattern on what you do. From the time you get out of the car to where you go sit, it's a pattern. Bam, I'm always there. Everybody knows, that's my seat. And God's like, you know what, you got to get out of that comfort zone where, you know, everything, is, that's called comfort. I already know what's going to happen. I know where, you know, I, you know what, I just need, you know what, if I can't get you just to move to another section in the church, how are we going to get you to go through the gates? I don't want to be, I don't like sitting on that side. Why? Supposing God wants you to minister to someone on that side. Well, they're going to have to come over here. Because this is my seat. Complacency and comfort. And that's where I'm going to insert. 
You know what? And somebody say your name, they just look over where your seat is. Because they like, that's where they are all the time. Comfort and complacency. Some of you are so comfortable, so complacent in this church and in this ministry, I can almost time you. I ain't never seen nobody that bl- they, their bladder, they can, I can time their bladder. It's the same. How you can, how you have to get up and use the restroom at the same time every Sunday? I can almost say five, four, three, two, one. I guarantee you they're getting up and they're going. Complacent. How you, I mean, really, you have to go to the restroom at the same time every time we're here. I'm telling you, I can almost time it when I'm up here. You're a distraction, to say the least. But you can time them. I'm about to say five, four, three, two, one. But now you're going to sit there because you're like, I don't want it to be whatever. But you, you, you won't last long because you're comfortable. You can, you can time them down to the letter. And they go to the bathroom for the exact same thing. This is what this is. This is my take on it. You don't have to use the restroom. You don't have to get keep getting up and going something. People that keep getting up and walking around and keep getting up and act like they're doing something. You don't want to hear the word. I'm gonna tell you, Amen. Yes, oh, Father, I will say that. God didn't miss it, and neither did I. It ain't you. Ain't, you ain't doing nothing important. You just don't want to hear the word. You know what? If you don't want to hear it, just don't come. And stop distracting people. Everybody's seen how you look. They don't want to see you keep getting up and down. You need to sit way in the back. Right there by the door where you could just slip on out. But, but I'm telling you, when you're fumbling around and keep getting up and you're doing that, you're not hearing nothing and you don't want to hear nothing. You wish you can get up now, but you don't want to be obvious. I'm going to tell you, you do. I'm, let, let me tell you. God is saying it's a heart issue. It is a heart issue. Remember I told you, this is going to be more about your heart. than how It's a heart issue. Listen. To go through the gate means I have to live outside of my own interests. See, our interest is inside the gates. <laughs> For all of us. In life, we try to set up our own little Jerusalem. Our own little deal. This is my own little safe spot. We, you know, we, and we can bring all of our interests inside of our Jerusalem. It's our Jerusalem. And God is saying, wait a minute, I'm going to need you to get outside of those walls that you've set up for yourself. Oh, no, oh, no, no, no. I can't go over there because that's, that's outside of my Jerusalem. See, I can't do that. Mm-mm. Well, I don't talk to people who look like that. Why? That's outside of my Jerusalem. See, it's only certain, certain ones. Your own, you made your own Jerusalem. I can't be dealing with people on, uh, I can't be dealing with these people on my jobs. Why? They're outside of my Jerusalem. 
I put up some walls. See, your Jerusalem, you put up some walls. And they definitely are not, can't, can't come through. No, I'm not dealing with them. I don't care what they do. I'm going the other way. They're outside of my Jerusalem. No. And God is saying we have to be able to live outside of our own interests. See, if you're going to be used by God, you're going to have to put all that down. Listen, again, we're talking about the hard, unseen work that you have to do. God's not going to do anything. You have to do the hard, unseen work. You got to be ready to go through the gate because you have spent, and, and let me tell you, it's, it's hard because you spent all this time building walls around yourself. And you don't want nobody to interfere with that, not even God. Listen, we have to be prepared, letter A, for the people we will meet. Preparation for people we'll meet. When we decide to go through the gates, and you have to go through, we're going to meet some people, and we're going to have to prepare for the people we're going to meet. You know why you have to be prepared? <laughs> because the people that you're going to meet is, is going to not be your people. <laughs> They're not going to be people that you're used to handling. They're not going to be people that you're used to talking to. If They're not going to be people that you're comfortable with. See, we don't want to do that. But that's what's outside the gate. Then there's not going to be people that you're comfortable with. Know that. It's not going to be people that you're even comfortable being around. Ooh, I don't know. I'm just not comfortable around a bunch of young people. Why? They're not members of my Jerusalem. No. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Too much. I'm just not comfortable. I'm just, oh, here's a good one. I'm just not comfortable with white people. Why? Because there's only black people in my Jerusalem. I'm not that comfortable. You know, it's okay, but I'm not that comfortable being around a bunch of Hispanics. That's not in my Jerusalem. My Jerusalem, there are black people. See, we, we've all made our own. And God said, no, 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 no. Go through the gates. You've been, you've been on the inside of Jerusalem. And you're all clogged in. You don't want to go. You look, you want to go and you want to dib and dab outside of it. But you want to stay into your safety. I'm holier than you. I don't want to come way out there where you are. Hmm. I, I don't, I, I, don't ask me, but God is saying this is what you're going to have to do. God is saying we have to go through the gates. Hmm. I'm not comfortable with a certain class of people. Why? Well, because, you know, why? I mean, I live in the suburbs, and they live in the inner city and uh, it's just kind of, uh, yeah. That's called getting outside of your gates. I don't know, you know. Uh, I mean, the closest store to me is Whole Foods. I don't even know if they even have one over there, do they? I'm just saying out loud what you're thinking in your head. Because why? Now I'm in my own space. I don't want to go outside of that. I don't want to go over where it's... No, that's too much. I am now in the suburbs. I've made it. 
be around those people. God, let me just sit up and minister to somebody that maybe backslid. And they live around the corner from me. But you're not getting outside the gate. You're not going through the gate. And yeah, they might not have Whole Foods over there. Oh, don't they have them little mom and pop stores? Oh, mmm, mmm, I'm not comfortable with that. Mm. But God used me. God is challenging us in our way. Now, I'm just giving some examples, but let me tell you. God is dealing with you on a personal level that only you and He know about. Whatever else, you can put it together. Whatever your, whatever your Jerusalem might be. Whatever your Jerusalem might be. He's still talking about that Jerusalem. That you have to go through. God is challenging us. He said you have to go through the gates. And you have to prepare to meet people. These are some people that are not going to, they're going to be outside of the gate. God said this move I'm making is going to be for people outside the gate. Those are the ones that you're going to meet. Hmm. See, you may be uncomfortable talking to a, a woman that seems a little manly to you. Oh, God. I, oh, God. I just want to tell them you're in straight bondage. Or you want to, you know, you don't know, you, yo, I don't, I don't want to talk to nobody like that. They're not welcome into your Jerusalem. Somebody else needs, I need somebody else to talk to that because I just can't take it. Or I can't talk to no, a, man, a man that seems slightly feminine. I just can't get, get with that. So how is God going to use you? Yeah, I ain't going to be talking to him. I'm a man. I ain't be talking to him because I don't want nobody to think that I'm the... I'm like, nobody's going to think that. You got to get outside the gate. They too feminine for me. And they... Mm -mm -mm -mm. My Jerusalem, we have membership requirements. All of us is the same thing. We got our own circle. God said, I don't, you know what, you're going to get outside your circle. you got to get outside it. Now, you're comfortable talking to people that look a certain way. You're comfortable with that, or dress a certain way. But when they start coming with all these tats and the earrings and, and all these piercings and stuff, now, I'm, I, don't, I don't even know what to say to them. I don't even, I don't even know what, how they talk. I don't, can't even relate to them. I can't even comprehend what they're saying. I don't want to get outside the gate. I want this is my comfort. This is my mm-mm. God is saying again, you must go through the gate. Some of you are not even comfortable talking to people that may be successful, all because you don't view yourself as you know as being a part of that class. God is saying, go through the gates. Stop. Stop it. But I don't know, they, you know, they all got degrees and they all got this and they, I don't know, I don't know if, you know, I'm up to, go through the gate. Listen, I'm, a, I'm just beginning to challenge you. We're going to have plenty of this in, our, in so many areas. So many areas. I don't understand their accent. Go through the gate. See, just it's always something to keep you in your Jerusalem. 
It's always something. And you can even, you, and you can put holy on that. Like, well, you know, God, I know God has somebody to minister to. It's just not me. I can't even understand it, my God. You know, one thing that I've learned, one thing I've learned, I got a lot of different friends that I talk to. But let me tell you, one thing that I've learned is lang- when you have language, when you have the right heart and you're ministering to somebody and they're, and they're sharing their heart with you, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter if you speak whatever kind of language, you find a way to communicate. You find a way to communicate. I have a woman that I uh, minister to, and and she's and and she's a Buddhist, and I don't go in and tell her how that Buddha, that 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 statue is not real. I don't go in with anything. I know how I'm outside of that, but I have her ear. I have her ear. So it doesn't matter about what language. Hearts find a way. Hearts find a way. Not make excuses. Hearts find a way. Bad hearts build resistance. Good hearts find a way to go through the gate. Say, oh no, I'm going to. I have to prepare myself because people, I th- listen, people that you thought have no value have great value. You're going to find out some of these people that you're going to run into and some of these people you're going to find out that you're going to say, oh my God, these people are a blessing in my life. You're going to find out they have good hearts. And you just thought they were bad hearts because they weren't in your Jerusalem. You're going to find out, oh my God, they're kind. See, those type of things. You'll find out all of that outside the gate. But if you're on in the, your Jerusalem and looking out, they all look the same. They don't know God. We've got to prepare our hearts. If God is going to use you to be a blessing, you've got to prepare your heart. As a matter of fact, God told me, He said, I'm going to use them to be a blessing to you all. See, we think we got all ready. God said, no, I'm going to use them to be a blessing to you. So you got to prepare to meet the people. They're going to be a blessing. Even, you know what, I look at a lot of things, especially our young, our young people, our young adults that's really rising up. You know what, they challenge me. When I see them, when I see them walk across this deal and I see them at the next gen meeting and they're stepping up and everything, and I'm thinking to myself, now when, if I was that age, would I be doing that? See, it challenges you. See, uh, we, you know, we're old now. We, you know, we're doing it right. But when you look at their age and you know, and that, it, and it challenges you. You know, when you see people that, that, that's homeless or people that are struggling and they just serve God with a whole heart and they want to be here and they, they, they're, they're trying to find a way to get here. That challenges you because you'll be like, would I have done that? See, we're comfortable. See, now, if, if somebody will walk all the way just to come to church and we're riding in our cars to get here and everything, see, that's comfort. But would you walk? 
See, that challenges you. It challenges you. It makes you say, you know what? I wonder would I do that. Somebody in poverty don't have no food. You're throwing away food. Those that have been incarcerated and never knew God. Never knew God really loved them. And they found out God loved them. And now they're serving God with their whole heart. Would you do that? Or would you be just angry? Hmm. We got to allow God to change us. How many of us, well, I can see it now. This is challenges. How many of us would be willing to cast away what they have achieved just not to compromise their witness? See, it give you something to challenge. Be like, well, now, because I, you know, I, I love God and stuff, but, you know, I ain't going to do nothing to jeopardize my... I mean, how, see, I'm impressed with someone that will take leave from their job and say they're trying to give me an assignment that compromises me, but I didn't quit, but I just took leave because I didn't want to compromise what my witness. That make you think, Nick, what, could I have done that? Or would I just bent to it because well, and then used it, well, it's my job, I had to do it. But I had that, but you, but you have the time, and you be like, you know what? I know they asked me to do that. You know, I'm gonna take leave right now, and it's legal, and it's and 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 it's within the, within everything that has to do with my job. But all because they're doing this at this particular time, and I'm not compromising my witness doing it. Hmm. You think about it. Would you, or have you, or have you compromised? See, one of the things happens when you get outside the gates, you find out that you're not as hot as you think you are. See, once you get out, you're going to find out. I thought I was really knowing some word until you really get out there. You're going to find out you're not as together as you think you are. You're going to find out you don't quite have things going on as tight as you think you have it going on. Because, see, it all looks good like that when you're in New Jerusalem. When you're in Jerusalem, you're like, yes, I mean, I got it going on. I'm the spiritual deal. But outside the gate, going through the gate, then you'll see who you really are. What you really can handle. See, we haven't, we, we, we haven't gone through that meeting place and got on the other side and actually been in it. Hmm. We have to get our hearts ready. Because otherwise we will not go outside the gate. We got to get our hearts ready. Because you might try to go outside the gate and you come going outside the gate like here I am. Like I'm somebody big. And I got it going on. Thinking well here I am. You lowly people here I come. That live outside the gate. And I'm here to give you something. I mean, give you all. All of a sudden, you here to give them everything, and then let me tell you, you're gonna experience things with them that's gonna prick your heart when you find out what kind of hearts they have. You're gonna find out, oh my God, they're much more tender than I could ever be. 
they're much more kinder than I could ever be. I couldn't see it. I was in my Jerusalem and I couldn't see it. I just thought they were bad. <sighs> I'm looking for someone, especially with the young adults. I'm looking for someone that, you know, they say, okay, I want to get married. I'm just giving you some examples. I want to get married. And authority steps up and tell them, you know what? You don't need to right now. Wait. Spend time with God. Stop. Listen to the, to the marriage. Don't put a date on anything. I'm looking for a young adult to sit down and say, you know what? I'm going to put it on hold because I understand I'm not ready. I understand I got a lot to learn. I understand that I want to hear. I'm going to put it on hold and I'm going to let God teach me. And when I'm ready, I'll come back. But for now, I'm going to stop and I'm going to, I'm going to do exactly what my authority said instead of bucking up against it. Because it's coming. See, those are the ones that I'm looking for. Those that listen to authority. And say, I'm, you know what, I'm, I'm waiting. I can, I can wait. Some things need fixing. And I'm going to fix them. Just in hearing the marriage counseling. See, if you, now, as long as you think between your legs, you ain't going to hear none of that. But when you don't think between your legs, you'll hear that and say, oh no, I'm going to be still. And learn some stuff. So that my marriage can be successful when it's time. Because evidently, my authority, God has told them something. And then you find out you're going to struggle all your life because you didn't wait and follow your instructions. And you can walk around looking sad and, and you can praise God and, and thank God you can do all that. But nevertheless, you set it into motion because you don't, won't stay up under authority. See, that's called when people uh, have, have heard and they make the change and you look at them and you say, that's what I'm talking about. They're and it's not like you're saying, don't ever get married. It's saying, you're young, be still. It's a lot of responsibility because we understand, we know. But if you, again, if you think in between your legs, you're not going to hear any of that. Let, let me tell you, how many of us who are comfortable in these gates, could say that I'm willing to put my marriage on hold what I was thinking about just waiting now because of what I've heard and prepare myself see that, that's somebody that's learning that's somebody that's hearing that's somebody that said okay I'm ch changing my heart see I'm changing my heart I'm letting God speak to me and I'm changing my heart I'm allowing God to change my heart. That's why I'm saying, going through the gates. Hmm. And again, it's not all, it's, it is about outside of the gate, but even in here, we got to understand, it's some incredible people in here. Amazing people in here. In this ministry, right here, right now, that you don't even know. Amazing. <laughs> Listen.
some of the strongest people in this ministry are people you don't even know. That's here. Because you don't know them. They're the strongest. You don't even know. See, you're looking at people that you see all the time and you think them are strong. But I'm telling you, some of the strongest is the ones you don't talk to and you don't know. In this ministry, strongest. Listen to listen. Some of you don't know, and they sit right next to you. Incredible people. But outside the gate, you need to be prepared to meet them. There's people in this church that's going through things, just going through. But guess what? They're rejoicing in the midst. And you don't even know because they have God. You'll never know. You'll never know. Because you don't fellowship with them. You don't, rela- you don't have a relationship with them like that. So you don't know. So you don't know what kind of light they have. You don't know what kind of strength they have. You just see them. We have to prepare, let her be, for the things that we will experience. You got, you, let me tell you, we're going to experience some things. You got to do some work. Get your heart right. One thing that you will be experiencing when you go through the gates, listen to me, we're going to experience a depth of hurt that's in the world that we haven't seen before. A depth of hurt. I don't think we really understand how much and how deeply people are hurting in the world. They're hurting. It's very difficult to to have more than, you can have five or ten minutes of conversation with a person, and before long, you're going to find out people's hurt. It'll, 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 it'll be exposed. I can talk to somebody five or ten minutes, and by the time I'm talking to them in ten minutes, I can already, the hurt to come out. You, you, I'm going to tell you, we're, it's a depth of hurt out there. That we're so busy in Jerusalem, we don't know what kind of hurts out there. But God said, prepare your heart because that's what you're going to witness. You're going to witness a death of hurt and pain outside the gate. If you spend time with anybody and you know you get past the pleasantries and the hay and praise God and all that stuff, and you keep start talking to them about anything of substance, just hold on. All of a sudden, They'll start talking to you about their children, their marriage, their situation, their financial world. It'll eventually come out. They're hurting. Telling you what they're dealing with on the inside. It'll come. So we really don't understand how deep and how many people are hurting around us. And you won't understand until you get outside the gate. You won't understand. And I and personally, I just don't believe that God is going to allow the people that he loves to continue to hurt and hurt and hurt like they're hurting. And I believe even if the church don't step up and get some things done, I believe God will start another church that will get it done. God is not going to leave people just hurting. We're in another dispensation. He, I'm telling you, 
we know that we're about to start a jail ministry and we're going to go into different things. I'm telling you, our hearts have to be prepared. This message is right on point. This is God has already given it to us. What we're going to do when we go into prisons and when we go into those places, some of you don't even know about it, but we are about to start doing that. We're going to find out depths and depths of hurt and we're there to minister to them. That's getting outside the gate. That's getting outside. Getting outside your own interests. God is not going to allow people to continue in that hurt. No. And I, and this is why God is making this church what it's going to be because it's going to be a place where people can look and say, where is that place? That's the place I need to go to so I, my hurts can be healed. There it is. I can be healed there. God said, I'm looking for a church that I can send them to. Because I'm telling you, God is going to start emptying these churches of all that foolishness. God said, but I need to have a church set up that I can send them to. That knows truth. That believes the truth. That can welcome them in. And begin to heal their hurt and restore them. That's all it's about. See, it ain't about just getting numbers. It's not about trying to fill up the chairs just to say we filled up the chairs. It's about healing broken hearts, struggling people, people that are hurting, people that can come in a safe place and know they're going to be healed. Because why? They're walking in one accord. They're in the same mind. They believe. They, be they see something in me I never saw myself. God's going to send them our way. And let me tell you what you're also going to experience. You're going to experience finding out how many people have never been loved. God said, tell them they're going to experience people that have never been loved. And it's, and it's going to shock you to know how many people have never been loved. Their mother didn't love them. Father wasn't around. No relationship that they were in was proper. I mean, no love functioning, no, no love relationship. Their love was out of their life. It's amazing how many people never really been loved. There's people in here that's never really been loved. Never experienced the love of God. Not even the love of God. They've never experienced it. Not that God didn't love them. They never experienced it. They never experienced the love of God. And they never experienced the love of God through another person. That's where we come in. God said, I want them to experience my love through you for them. Prepare yourself. He said, if you don't prepare yourself, you're going to lack understanding. If you don't prepare yourself, you're going to lack understanding. So we must prepare ourselves to go through the gates. Because guess what? Once we go through another thing that we're going to experience, God says, tell them they're going to experience their own frailties in it as well. You're going to experience your own frailties just by going outside the gate, going through. You're going to realize that it, if it wasn't for the grace and the great mercies of God, what you will be looking at would be you. His great mercies, tender mercies, and His amazing grace. 
And you're going to also realize in your prayers that there is nothing in you sufficient to fix what you've been exposed to. Nothing in you. It's only in Jesus. See, we can get to a point so comfortable, we really think we're doing something ourselves. But it's all in Jesus. When you get outside the gates, you're going to realize that you're not going to be able to give somebody some quick, cute answer. So you better get prepared. Those little quick, cute answers you give now, it is not going to work outside the gate. They're going to need something more than praise God. Just keep working at it. Praise God. Just keep working at it. No. Listen. When I'm hurting and never been loved and been judged and misunderstood all of my life, Somebody telling me just keep working with it doesn't fly. God said that won't be able to fly outside the gates. Now it may fly in your Jerusalem that you're talking to people, but it's not going to fly when you go through the gates. you got to be prepared. They're going to need answers. I'm telling you, we're going to learn how frail we are. How powerless we are, but how powerful God is in the midst. Moving forward, let us see, we have to be prepared for the compassion that we must display. You know, your heart has to be prepared to be compassionate, otherwise you're going to be shocked by the experience. That you forget that you are there to minister. Oh my God, really? What? Oh gosh, I can't believe it. And then you're going to walk away. And I'm not talking about just in our jail ministry. I'm talking about in anything that you're going to experience outside the gate. I just said that about our jail ministry that we're starting. But I'm not. Even, but besides that, just outside the gate, just day-to-day people that you're going to run into outside of the comfort of your Jerusalem. You're going to be shocked at things and you're going to be like, oh, Lord, well, I don't know what to tell them on that. I got to move on. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, oh, oh. Jesus. Jesus like, didn't I prepare you? Your heart has to be prepared. See, we're going to have to be like the Good Samaritan. Go back and read it. This thing is going to take my time, my attention. It's going to take my effort. It's going to take my investment. It's going to take me to have to reinvest. You say you want to be used. Don't worry, we're going to hear this point week, the next week and the next week and the next week. We're going to still drive this home. Last one. We must cast up a highway. I'm going to start this and I won't finish it, but there's always next week for some of us. Cast up a highway. You know, even till this day, a highway is literally, by literary definition, is a highway. That's why it's called a highway. Listen, see, we don't, see, we're so used to doing it, we just say highway. But it's called a highway because a highway is high, it's a highway. Listen 
Because God is going to drive something home to you. That's what it literally is. It's a highway. Again, we say highway now, we don't, we don't think about it. But that word is, uh, highway is a highway. It, it, it's, to, it's to make a way high above. Listen. And even till this day, when they get ready to build a highway, a highway, they build up a highway. They build up. Highways are never built down. See, we call 35 a highway, but that's not a highway. A highway is a highway. It's built up. And he said, cast up a highway. Highways are built up, never built down. They build a highway up and then they put the road on top of it. That's a highway that have been built up. And there's a reason why they build highways. Highways are built for visibility. You can see. Over. Listen. Because all of it's going to tie in to what God is saying. For visibility's sake. For one thing, you build a highway up so that the traveler can hear, see their way when you get up on the highway. When you get up on the highway, because it's a highway. See, if you don't build up the highway, then the, travel, the traveler or the person on the road may not be able to find their way. In other words... The highway is not only built for visibility, but it's also the highway is built for safety. Have you noticed when you get up high, you get away from the terrain of all the different stuff because you be like, oh, I'm gonna go up. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go over the highway. You be like, oh, it's crowded down there. I'm going up. It's safer. It's going around or it's going up over. That's what a highway. He said, cast up a highway. So a highway is built these days for safety. It's also built so that we can avoid or be above the obstacles. Above the different things, the different changes that's going on. It helps you not be derailed off of something because I'm going over it, around it, but I'm up high. A highway is usually visible and easy for me to see to get on. You'd be like, oh, there's the highway. You start driving up it because it's easy for me to see and get on. Then once I get on it, it's, safe. it's a safe place for me. Because I'm not dealing with the other things that everybody's down low that's doing it. And notice this about it. For those of us that live right, really in the middle of Austin... When traffic gets really bad, what do they do? They take out the red lights and build a highway. I was over there by 290. I was like, are they trying to do a little spaghetti bowl over here? You know, they're stacking up the highways. Why? Because it's too crowded now. And so it needs safety. You need a place. So they start stacking the highways for safety's sake. And you be like, ah, oh, I said, oh, we're trying to be like Houston. We're trying to do it. No, it's because we're crowded for safety. 
We call it the spaghetti bowl. It's, they call it the highway. It's building it high. They say, okay, the red lights, oh no. Once you get on the highway, now you're in safety. Out of all the things, I love to get on them. I look for them. I was riding somewhere with a sister and she didn't have a toll tag. I got mad. I was like, don't do it. I don't go through all these lights. Where is the highway? I'm like, oh, oh it's going to take us a year to get there. I'm like, oh gosh, no. Do I need to buy you a toe tag? Who who doesn't have a toe tag in here so I can pray for you? Oh, hallelujah. Let me lay hands on you, sister. You, oh, sister Sawyer, you need prayer. What? You know, and everybody when they first came out, oh, no, I ain't paying no money. I already paid a nap in my car. Girl, you can't even get on them now. They so packed. Everybody has lost that. And they all on the, they, they own everything they can get on. But I'm gonna I'm a, I'm a get y'all that for Christmas or something. I'll pay for it. But I just don't want you to go through no more rent. I wish I would go through. Ooh, that just made me mad thinking about it. And I don't even want you to have to go through. Mm, mm, That's too long. How will get you there? Get you over it? Get you under it? I love to go over them. I ain't scared. You know, people, ooh, that, that, that. No, I just get high as I can and just. I love a highway because it gets me around the traffic. All of this is going to play into what we're talking about. It takes you to safety out of all the things that can derail you and derail where you're trying to go. Listen, it's not only about to build for visibility and for safety. It's also built for ease of use. It's all, have you noticed? Whenever you're in a crowd and stuff, when you can get on that highway, all of a sudden you can put that, put it, but you just, you just, because now I'm good, because I'm, it's easy to use, because it takes me away from all the trouble. It makes me start getting, oh, it's, it makes it ease of use. Listen, church. God wants this church to be visible, safe, and easy to use. God said, oh yeah. With a change of heart, y'all going to be visible, safe, and easy to use. We have to build a church and establish a church that's visible. Where people can say, they can see us from a ways off and say, I'm getting to that church because that church is a safe place. And I know if I could just get there, I'll be made whole. Because them people there are awesome. Why, they are on one accord. They got the heart of God. It's got to be safe. You know, our founding pastor always told us, he said, I repeat, I repeat because it's safe for you. I'm not trying to give you all this hypo grace and all this foolishness. I'm going to keep you safe by staying right here in the Word. Well, let me tell you, every minister here and myself, we follow that same line. You're going to be safe here because we're going to stay with the Word. We're not giving you, I don't care what new come out. Because ain't nothing new under the sun. And, ain't, and, it, and every day, and if it's new and it's not in this book, it's way too new for me. Way too new for me. And I'm out of time. 
But we're going to finish this next week and the week after and the week after. If anybody can get on the highway to get here soon and get on it. But God wants us safe. And what else? Mm, God's not through with us on that one. And God is saying, I'm giving you an illustration. So now when you're out on the highway, you're going to think, oh, yes, it is. Hallelujah. Where's the highway so I can avoid this? Because down here, I'm just in a hole. And on 35, you know, you're always in danger down there. You want to get up where it's safe and over a highway. So now when you look at it, you'll understand what a highway is. It's not 35. 35 is flat. That's not a highway. A highway is a highway. A highway. And if you notice, everything you can look over the sides of the highway. And you can see everything down below. But your highway, you got to be up. God, God has more to say about our ministry concerning the highway. And casting up a highway. You notice that he said cast up the highway. You know, they know up because that's what a highway is. It's up. But I want you all to know. And again, I don't want you all to center on jail ministry that God was talking about. That's one of the avenues. But God has said just praying on your job, that's what you're going to experience. On your, all of that, you're going to have to be prepared in your heart to be able to take all of that on. Amen? Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.